All right, we're going to turn to ask God for help. And uh, I want to pray as we get started, okay? okay? Lord, I thank you so very much for who you are. And I thank you that we can be here together in this place to help each other. But Lord, that also you are a help to us. That you love us. That we can reasonably believe that you care about us. That we can come to you. And as we come to you today, I ask, Lord, that you would help us. Help us to hear your voice and nothing else. To push out distractions. Help us to receive from you what you have for us today. To grow from it. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we're on a series called Love Gives. And we're taking from John's writings, which you see on one side of the card, the first block of text there, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. The phrase that you see on the screen is lifted from that. God is love. And I'm, I'm not completely sure about you, but I'm here today, like right now, here in this place. I'm here today because I love you. But I'm here today because God first loved me. God first loved me. God's love for me changed my life. I love God because He first loved me. That's, that's why I'm here. That's why I show up. Now, we may be showing up for different reasons, and, and that's all good. I'm really glad you, you're here. I'm so glad you came. But I'm here because God first loved me. And God's love for me changed my life, took me from a place of addiction, took me from a place of anxiety and depression, and changed my life and brought me real freedom and real peace and real joy that has sustained me through serious challenges. And that's, that's why I'm here. I'm also here because God has spoken. And some of you may have glanced at the several page article that I continue to post on social media about how we got this text. If you haven't read it, why? <laughs> it's not like I don't repeat anything. <laughs> I believe, I'm here this morning in part because I believe that God spoke to us. I'm not here so that you will follow my thoughts and opinions. That's ridiculous. Aren't you glad? Yes. Yeah. I'm here today also in part because God loved me, God's love for me changed me, and because of God, the fact that God has spoken and that there's things in here that says I should be here. Now, I love the fact that God is love. And so we can allow God to have a voice in what love is. Not just learn about love from other people in the way they use us, abuse us, neglect us, abandon us. But instead we can turn and understand what love really is based on what God says it is. And that's a part of the purpose of this whole series. I want to turn us again to Ephesians chapter 3 and I'm going to put it on the screen because we're going to read a few different passages today. But I, I think this is helpful. And we're going to end early and do an activity we haven't done before. Oh, now you're interested. All right. So Ephesians, <laughs> I heard that. Ephesians chapter 3. 
We, we unpacked this last week, and, and, and this series is a little bit different. Last week and this week are kind of like a two-parter. And uh, for those of you that don't know, every Sunday morning talk is available on our website. You can stream it going back years, and on iTunes, and other way that you get your podcasts. You can listen to these things, and, and I think you should. I think they're beneficial. And last week we were talking a little bit about love gives life change and our personal response to the way that God loves us. So for those of you that it's your first time, we're into this series kind of deep. So, but we're going to try to make this morning as accessible as possible. So Ephesians chapter three, starting off in the second half of verse 17, you see on the screen, Paul writes, and we, we talked about this last week. Every time you see in this passage, the word you or your, it's plural. Like all y'all. There's y'all and then there's all y'all. And so it's written to believers in the plural, in the context of them gathering like we are gathered here. We cannot, in our American um, bent towards secular humanism and selfishness, we worship selfishness more than anything else in the United States, we cannot take this out of context. The context is believers that had an eldership, that went to the scriptures, etc., etc. You get the point. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Last week we talked about the analogy of a tree and how important the roots are and how essential they are to the beginning of life to a tree and how much time and energy goes into the roots growing and the role of the roots for the tree. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Who wants to be stronger? And may you have the power to understand. May you have the ability to get this. How many of you would like the ability? Sometimes you turn to the Bible and like, man, I don't get that. Paul's saying, may you have the ability to get this. As all God's people should. That's all y'all. That's everyone everywhere. Even the people that don't believe in church or don't believe in anything. Right? Everybody. Right? Wherever they are in their walk of following Jesus, that everyone who says they're a Jesus follower should understand what? How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete, brought to maturity, brought to perfection, yes, but grow, you will grow spiritually. Uh, there is, a, unfortunately, a lot of people that don't believe in spiritual growth. It's in there. We're supposed to grow spiritually. He's saying that if you will experience, if you will seek to experience the love of God, if you will seek to understand the love of God, if you will put some effort into it, if you will be an active learner, if it will be a personal relationship with Jesus, not a religion, then you will be made complete, brought to maturity with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Whoa. That's, that's like on the quality of the best lunch you can imagine with how much you should savor it. That's like, whoa. Right? So here's what we are thinking about. Are we letting our roots grow down into God's love and allow ourselves as individuals and as a spiritual family to be changed by it. Are our lives changed? So here's what we believe. When I learn more about God's love, I can better receive it and be changed by it 
and bring it to others. It's a simple truth. It's not about trying harder, trying to be a better person. It's about living loved, receiving the love of God first. Have Let, let me just say something. There's a lot of talk about self-love. Loving yourself and even receiving the love of other people for yourself will never be as satisfying as receiving the love of God for you. Now, when we receive the love of God for us and we receive His forgiveness and His care for us, it transfers into allowing ourselves to be forgiven, allowing ourselves to go through a process of what is being talked about with self-love, which is, hey, receive forgiveness. The past is in the past. You're made clean. But you don't make yourself clean. Two kids in a mud puddle don't clean each other. They need somebody clean to clean them. We need God to clean us. And then what the good part of self-love is I can receive forgiveness. I can receive a fresh start. I can receive change and receive the forgiveness and the change in my life and step up into the new, the spiritual person that God has created me to be. Are you with me? So loving yourself or receiving love from other humans is never going to be as satisfying as receiving God's love for you. I can better receive it, be changed by it, and bring it to others. What we found in the scriptures that you have on the card is that God's love is faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. That's the way that God loves us. We treat God with prejudice, racist, if that's a better word for you to get a mental grip on what we're talking about. You treat God with prejudice when you think that God loves you the way that humans do. No. God is not human. God loves us in a way that we only see in glimpses on this world. In a glance, of faith. he's faithful, patient, kind, selfless. When Jesus loves us, Jesus did not love us to prove a point because the point was more important than us. Jesus did not love us to get something out of us. No, that's how humans love each other at first. To get something out of each other or to prove a point. It's not about, well, look at this. There is a life that is better than living me first where we put God on others Above our own desire to look good, feel good, be right, and stay in control. There is a life that's better than that. How many of you are done with that life? Come on, I'm, it's not satisfying, is it? It's time to be done with that. I'd like to read some of the scriptures that are on your card. So let's start with this First John chapter 4 passage. And I'm going to read straight through to the Hebrews passage, okay? So, on the card that starts with 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-12. through 12. Dear friends, let us continue, and every love word on this card is the agape word that we've been defining and unpacking every time. Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Again, the agape word there, not eros, not phileo. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And His love is brought to full expression in us. The next one, 1 John 3, 16 and 18. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up His life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our dear brothers and sisters. And I want to say each of these verses, the context is written to believers gathered in the local church. That's the context. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And I love being able to talk about this in this church because we do this. We take meals to people that, that are expecting a baby. Like, like Jason and Justine. We, we help each other move. We, it's real in this church. And so it's easy to talk about this. The next passage, John 13. 34 and 35, this is Jesus talking. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my followers. So number one criticism of the church hypocrisy, which is to say what? I have met people that call themselves Jesus followers who are not. What did Jesus say? How did, what did Jesus say the definition of that was? If we will love each other. It's so easy in relationships with each other, especially in church. You've got a full life. You've got jobs. You've got children. Uh, um, everyone in this room is either in active recovery or just welcomed a second child or are facing some major challenge in your life. Every adult that calls this their home church is in one of those categories right now. It's a miracle you're here. And I'm so glad that you're here. And yet what can happen during the years as we gather is we come to have a certain level of expectation of each other. And we don't seek to go deeper to build relationships with each other because we just expect each other to relate and behave in certain ways. And we saw a person on a certain day and they had a certain look on their face and we didn't think they were open for a relationship. And so we're no longer seeking to build relationship with them. But we make mistakes if we do that as humans. And we will become less and less satisfied, less and less happy, less and less wanting to come together if we are not personally loving God and really coming to get to know each other, to build relationships with each other. That's what's being talked about here. And it is possible not out of your own strength, but with the grace of God. It's good news. It's not up to you. It's not about you and your abilities. It's about asking God for help. That was really good. Philippians 2, which we unpacked two weeks ago. Love each other. Work together. So those of you that are not taking children, taking care of children this Saturday as the ladies go away on their retreat, Erica needs to move on that day. We can help Erica. We, we, can, we can work together. We can work together. Galatians chapter 5, 13 and 14, serve one another in love. I hate moving, but I can serve one another in love out of agape, which is what? Patient and kind and selfless. Oh, there he goes. Ephesians chapter 4, 1 and 3. Make every effort for unity. Everybody loves to talk about a, a church that is blended ethnically, racially, economically, educationally. 
But doing church that is diverse takes this. What, what? Come on, Ronald, I didn't get an amen from the back row. Come on, somebody. Right? Making every effort in unity. Right? Hebrews chapter 10. And I, I suggest that you read verses 23 through 25 and ask yourself how you're responding to it, but I'm just going to summarize it, synthesize it here. Motivate each other. Now, does that sound like, what's wrong with you, man? I haven't seen you in a while. That's not motivating. Right? <laughs> Motivate each other. Don't neglect the gathering of believers. You're here. Check. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Speak the truth in love. That's not, boy, I don't like you. You. You, you got a thing, you, right? Encourage each other. I love seeing your face. Listen, we are better together. This week I saw this African proverb I like. If you want to walk fast, walk alone. But if you want to walk far, walk together. Now, Rebecca lived in Uganda for a while, and, and I don't know if anyone else here has lived in Africa, but this proverb comes from a, a certain context that does not include cars. Does not include really the Olympics per se as a normal daily activity. You know, it's Africans that beat us in all long distance running. Hello? Right? If you want to walk far, it's because you are accomplishing something by walking there. You hear me? There is a purpose to walk. Now, Africa is huge, right? And very diverse. Some places cold. It's not all hot. But if you are going to walk far, it is for a purpose. It is to accomplish something. And if you're going to walk really fast, not as much purpose or other than chasing the kids. Right? So they don't get grabbed by Simba. Right? If you want to walk fat, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. But if you want to walk far, walk together. We've talked about how what the enemy of your soul wants is for you to isolate yourself, to pull in, to not invest in relationships, to not draw closer to each other. That's how he can pick us off one at a time. That's how we can live in a state of depression and anxiety and brokenness and hide our sin and become more comfortable with our sin than we are with Jesus and understanding what the forgiveness of Jesus really means. It's how we can live a life where we are upset, frustrated, right? Just like a baby that's crying. It's crying because it's upset, frustrated about something, right? There's a purpose to it. What happens is we, like a basset hound, the only kind of dog that will howl while laying down, we can be that spiritually, right? Where I'm just, I'm singing the blues, I'm all by myself. But if I will live out with others, misery loves company, and I think there can be a positive thing to that where we can help each other up out of it. I love creation, and in my family, it you just come, comes naturally to love animals and fish. This is a hawksbill turtle. A hawksbill sea turtle is monogamous. It has one reproductive partner for life. Husband and wife for life. If I, if I didn't have debt and I had money for tattoos, I'd probably start with this. So Rebecca and I got to honeymoon in Maui over 20 years ago and swim as sea turtles and I love that. God has all around us the lesson that we are better together. We are better together. 
We've heard it in the scripture. We've seen it in creation. We are better. What did Jesus say? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. If you feel alone, it's not time to neglect the gathering. It's time to come together. Follow Jesus together with honesty. Honesty, not pretending. It's how we grow. If you call this your home church, what the scripture is saying to us today, what God is saying to us today, is that we must make a commitment to build relationships. I mean, it's letting the other person be who they are. Not pretending. How did the, the people that heard Jesus say these things, how did they respond? I'm so glad you asked. The next verse down, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, I synthesize, summarize, verses 42 through 47. And it blows my mind how many people that call themselves Christians never consider what these five verses actually mean in reality and how they are prescriptive for our lives. How did they respond to Jesus' words? Well, first, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, where the apostles were teaching what Jesus taught. There's a devotion. I'm going to learn about what Jesus has to say. There's fellowship. They hung out together. They hung out together, like just doing nonsense, right? And building relationships. They shared meals. I I think everybody here likes to eat. They prayed. They worked together strategically. They worshiped together in big groups, and they ate together in homes. That's how they responded. The people that heard Jesus say this. what, What are we talking about? The bottom of your page, community. In this context, the bottom on your card, in this context, here's what community we're talking about. The intentional development of meaningful relationships. Who here would like to have meaningful relationships? Yeah. Yeah, right? The intentional development. That means you're choosing You're putting time, energy, and money into intentional development of meaningful relationships based on God's purposes and principles. That means we're not building relationships to try to get something out of each other or prove a point, right? That if I look good, feel good, or if I'm right, I'm more, that's more important than you. No, that's not building relationships on God's principles, right? That love should be patient, kind, selfless, right? On God's purposes and principles resulting in How many of you are ready to talk about the benefits? Resulting in each person having a sense of belonging, acceptance, and significance. If we are going to be who we say we are, each of us in this room must make a decision that we will be committed to this. What do I mean? Right below the Acts chapter 2 verse, look at these phrases, because this is what we're talking about. We can provide a safe place to find and follow Jesus for everyone. For everyone. Republican, Democrat, disillusioned, employed, unemployed, gay, straight, addicted, depressed, mean, and nasty. For everyone. We can. We can provide a safe place to find and follow Jesus as we 
live like Jesus and share His love. As we are helping people connect with Jesus, grow in faith and share His love. How do we do that, Pastor Ben? Here's how. We connect by gathering on weekends for worship to receive and respond to His love. We grow by meeting in small groups for prayer, learning, and sharing life. We share by living like Jesus and sharing His love every day and everywhere. We can do this. We can. Not out of our own strength, but by God's grace. Are you with me? Are you ready to ask God for help? Let's pray Then I want to do an activity. I'm going to read this prayer to you first and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Let me just read this to you. God, you are more important to me than anything else in this world. Thank you for taking away the guilt of my sin through Jesus. Please help me to receive your love as you intended it. Please help me to be changed by your love. Please help me share your love with others. God, we love you. God, today we make a decision. We're going to receive your love. We will receive your love the way that you intended it. God, we're going to let go of any hurdles, any distractions, anything that's getting in the way, any, any way in which we have not allowed you to forgive everything, any way that we have, any room in the house of our life that we have not let you into. God, we're saying you can have it all. We're opening up to you. And God, we're saying every one of us has fallen short in terms of building relationships, in terms of responding to the word and loving each other and getting to know each other. And God, we're saying that we don't want to. We don't always want to. God, we need your healing. We need your grace. We need your love. And we're asking that you would pour your agape love into us that out of a thank you for the life change that we receive, we can live out this call to build relationships with each other in this room through agape. That we can come to an understanding that love gives community. Thank you for it, what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now here,